Dr. Alona Bin Nun is with us, uh, director of the NICU, a, um, an abbreviation that I got very familiar with and my wife had triplets 21 years ago. Oh. Long time ago, no? <laughs> how, how are they doing? They're doing fine. About to celebrate their 21st yeah. birthday on the 10th right. of March. Wow. Just in a few days. Sunday, yeah. yeah. Coming, coming Imagine Sunday. that. And huh? how, what was their weight? Uh, they were born at, well, I don't usually do this on the air, but we'll do it for this. Uh, they were born at 3835 and 31. I don't know what that is in kilo, but, <laughs> but that's what it was in New York. Small. <laughs> pretty small, pretty small. Yeah. In the hospital for uh, two months, and then two of them for three months. Wow. So, but it was, and it was quite an experience. It was, uh, it was really, it was really quite an adventure. And then, listen to this one. One of my uh, singles uh, ends up in the NICU for a breathing problem, but he's full term and he's seven pounds. So, what did the nurses in the NICU call him? Hercules, because compared <laughs> to everybody else who was in there, he was quite large. So you see, I have a little bit of a history with this. Anyway, it's a pleasure to meet you. You are you. you are meeting some of the world's smallest infants on a daily basis. Yes, no? yes. We have a, currently in our NICU, we have a baby is 590 grams at this moment, which is a, just a little bit over a pound. Larger or smaller than my hand? Uh, About the same size? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Say, yeah, yeah. That's unbe- and the prognosis, the hope, is very strong, right? Well, it depends what week the baby was born at, right. uh, what was the weight according to the gestational age. So if the babies are born uh, later with smaller gestational age, it's probably a little bit better. And if they're very, very small, it's... Uh, below 500 grams the prognosis is pretty grim yeah all right but compare again compared to 20 years ago i don't know how long you've been in NICU. how long have you been in NICU? uh less than 20 okay. years <laughs> but, but nonetheless <laughs> not much as time goes by yeah the the odds on one of these small babies making it and making it strong just get better and better yeah, yeah yeah we are improving all the time we have all the time challenges it's a very dynamic field we are uh, in the process of in Israel now for uh, reducing the incidence of uh, intraventricular hemorrhages, which wow. is uh, some of the things that can reduce the prognosis of this infant. Wow, and that's, I assume, needs a lot of sophisticated equipment and people who really know. Oh. Yes, who know, who we, we, on one hand, we use very sophisticated technology. And uh, on the other hand, we still go back to a good old breast milk and we think as time goes by that the importance of breast milk is more and more important. That's what we were told back then. Yeah, so Under all circumstances, make sure. It's very yeah. interesting you say that. Dr. Alona Ben-Nun is with us. All right, so you know you become very well known now for one reason. <laughs> and you know what that is. And that's because there's now something called, do we call it an infant MRI? Would that be yes, the right? Yes, we have uh, an MRI situated inside our NICU. And uh, it has a lot of advantages, as we already uh, spoken about it. Uh, one of the most uh, serious problems of premature infant is uh, neurological damage sure. or insult during the first days or first. Uh, that would be time. bleeds in the brain and things bleeds, like that. Bleeds, infections, right. and so on, and that would uh, affect their life for uh, for decades and decades. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that every baby goes through is a, a imaging of the brains. And uh, since this is a Constantly. very... Yes. And since uh, a, the only way to, um, until now, to uh, image very small infants was uh, with uh, ultrasonography, that uh, the machine goes 
into the NICU, goes by the baby's bed and not interfering with right. anything. With Because the, the traditional MRI would not be possible to use for an exactly. infant. Exactly. The, the traditional MRI is very uh, dangerous for right. the babies because the transport to the MRI uh, suite and the radiology is, uh, is very long and the MRI environment is very cold and our infants are very prone to exposure to uh, cold. They right. can get hypothermic, and it's very, very dangerous. I mean, you use heat lamps and whatever else you could do to make sure they keep warm. You can't do it in the MRI. Right, I'm saying it. Yeah. That, this is the type of environment you're We creating. We use uh, incubators. Right. We use all kinds of equipment to and keep our babies. And a lot of blankets. Yes, <laughs> and we, to keep our babies warm, and you can't do that in the in the MRI, uh, in the uh, conventional MRI. So uh, it's... Um, Last Rosh Hashanah, last September, in a, not I mean in 2017. A year and I, a half ago. A year and a half ago, we uh, we started scanning babies with an MRI, which is situated inside our NICU, so the transport is very small. Who'd you have so to convince to get that machine in here? Well, we needed to be the first uh, early adapters in How'd the world. How'd you find out the machine exists? <laughs> Um, they were uh, in the process of uh, thinking and developing the um, the machine and they wanted uh, somebody to consult them with the uh. neonatology and then they wanted the first machine to be located in uh, Boston, in Harvard or somewhere else. And I said, hey, guys, you know, best place for you is in Sharet Tzedek. And, <laughs> and, and they went for it. And they went for they it. They delivered it and it's sitting <laughs> in the NICU unit now, probably yeah. being used every day, right? Uh, hopefully, uh, we are in the process of regulation because uh. it's a very um, uh, novel machine, novel concept, novel and everything, and we have to convince the health ministry that it is pretty safe. So we are in the process of doing it only in uh, studies and not, unfortunately, we can't use it every day, but to hopefully very soon we would be able to do it. Wow. So hopefully in a few months, like yeah. a little bit down yeah, the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it like, we're speaking with Dr. Alona Binun, what is it like, and I've seen this, when the children that you saved come back years later to see you at the hospital? Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so emotional. Is that, that amazing? Is so emotional. Yeah, we can't believe it. You know, when they leave the NICU, we don't know exactly what they look like, what right. they're going to turn into. And If all the therapies uh, will be effective and everything yeah, will be good. Yeah, and then when they come, and actually we saw today one of uh, one of the mothers, the, her son is 20 years old. He was like eight months in the NICU or 10 months in the NICU, and he's a soldier now. And he's uh, healthy and alive and kicking. <laughs> so you've developed some and of the heroes of Israel. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> it's so, so much fun. It's so fulfilling and uh, gives you so much energy to keep on doing because sometimes we have very rough days. I can only imagine. Um, and uh, and obviously the stay, there's no such thing as an average stay. If the baby's healthier and stronger and larger, then the chances are they'll be in there a shorter time. And these extreme cases that you speak about, obviously we're talking about many, many months. Obviously we know that uh, our NICU, although equipped with very expensive and uh, high-tech uh, uh, stuff, uh, is no better than a regular womb. Right. And actually, it's worse than a regular womb, mm -hmm. so better to grow inside the low-tech uh, <laughs> womb. The God-created <laughs> God <-created> womb. <laughs> so we're saying that, um, and that's what we tell our the parents, that uh, most probably the baby could leave the NICU when he's around term equivalent. 
So if the baby was born, let's say, at 26 weeks, we would have to stay, he would have to stay 14 weeks until right. 40, and it depends. Uh, oh, so there is a formula somewhat, yeah, or at least a guideline. Yeah, what, parent, what parents should yeah. expect. And, and that, by the way, is very important that parents at least have some advanced warning about what this process is going to be like. It is. They need a lot of patience. Yeah. They need to look every day by day. And um, and plenty of mothers show up every day, right? Many, many, many mothers yeah. come every single day. No, most of them. They, the majority of them. Yeah, we I mean, I'm thinking of those who have yeah. large families. We encourage families the families to be 24-7. Right. And we know that the, uh, when parents are uh, staying with their baby, more and more, the outcome would be much better. We right. encourage what we call skin-to-skin -skin or yeah. kangaroo care yep. for our smallest preemies so babies can feel their mothers and their skin and they hear their heart tone and the heart rate. And we know that if some parents are so afraid touching their babies, they think that they're so fragile they're going to break or something. And... Uh, <laughs> And we have to explain that, the, on the contrary, if you don't touch your baby, he is in danger. Right. So you should touch the baby as much as possible and talk to him and uh, give him as much human uh, reaction and contact as soon as possible. Dr. Ben-Nun, Thank you very much for being you. here Thank and for, for, and for uh, joining us here on the air. Uh, Dr. Alona Ben-Nun, director of the NICU unit, the neonatal ICU. Uh, with the brand new infant MRI being tested in her department here at JM in the AM.